Welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. I'm Jeff Baumgartner, Senior Editor at Light Reading. Hi, everyone. I'm Bob Gold. I am the founder and CEO of Bob Gold and Associates. And boy, am I excited to be talking to you, Jeff. Well, you're always excited to talk to me, whether it's on this or, you know, any other situation or, or uh, uh, moment, I would think. But uh, but no, I appreciate it, Bob. Uh, it's good to have you uh, join the podcast. And, and kind of, it's kind of a little wrinkle because typically what we do here is uh, we're, I think we're going to be spending some time kind of in the Wayback Machine to a degree, right? Because you've been in the cable industry in, in one form or another, you know, for some time. But we're here to t- today to talk about a milestone, right? So your PR agency, uh, some nearly 250 clients later, you know, recently turned 25 years old. Um, so that's quite an accomplishment there. But I was thinking about, you know, going back to 1997, right? So it was, a, it was kind of a that's quick... Right. June 97 is when I started my agency. Yeah. yeah, so it's a quick, like, stupid factoid. That means your business is now a year older than the time I've had an AOL email account because I was required to get one in 1998, when I was the uh, the Denver bureau chief at uh, Cablefax, so you know, I'm sure that's something everybody's really interested in knowing. But you know, I saw the date, and I'm like, man, that does take me back. I to think about it. So, yeah. So I think, you know, I think you and I have both had, um, you know, seen a lot happen in this industry over all that time, even though, you know, you and I, I would say, you know, we don't always see eye to eye on some things right over the years, but, but I think, and, and I think during that time, you've probably pitched hundreds of stories to me over that uh, span, but yeah. Um, yeah, before we kind of dig into this a little bit further, um, you, you know, I, how did you celebrate? Let, let's start there. Did you, did you whoop it up? I mean, oh, did, you, did you have to wake up and uh, like in a, uh, in an alley somewhere after a night, you're like, what happened? <laughs> or was it not that wild? Right. What we did, you know, our office is two and a half blocks from the ocean, from the beach. And so we took two days, the last day of July and the last day of August. And mm-hmm. we closed our office for the afternoon and we all just went to the beach and we sat around with catered food and drinks and chairs and had a phenomenal beach day with because that's what you do when it gets to be a heat wave in LA. You enjoy what you have. Yeah, but did you did uh, you know because PRs you know doesn't go by year schedule. So did you have any crises that, that came up that kind of ruined you know somebody's paddleboard moment? Um, well, the second time on the thirty first, yes, I was on urgent phone calls at the beach in the sand mm-hmm. away from my crew. But that's okay. You know, Jeff, you and I remember uh, years ago in the 90s be, um, when I had started my agency and represented Maggie Belleville at Encanta that you called me that uh, Encanta had just popped up on a F exclamation point or asterisk CK. We, we can say it. It was fuckcompany.com. There we go. <laughs> and I'm taking calls on the slopes during ski tam, uh, starting from you, breaking the story. And that was a cascade to everyone following uh, to defend the company and Maggie from being in that moment. Yeah. Right. Because in Canton, you know, that was 
you know, Maggie, obviously another uh, cable industry pioneer, but she was she had started up in Canta. And I thought it was like an online video thing back when there there was it like premium video or something. Yeah. But this was like very early into it, right? Yeah, back in '98 and '99, there were a bunch yeah. of companies that wanted to to have to make and enable video over internet possible. That's a and crazy idea. Crazy idea. And what all of them did that was really crazy is instead of going to the content owners, they went to the cable operators and said, you should do this. It will reduce your head end costs. You won't need a set top box and we can do this for you. And the operators were like, mm, I don't know. Yeah, I think it was for them maybe a little too disruptive at that time to think about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, and I remember those times. Well, I thought what we would do is um, we're going to kind of do like a lightning round of questions okay. that are going to, you know, we're just going to try to cover a lot of ground, right? I mean, 25 years, but, you know, we're going to kind of pinpoint a few things, you know, here and there. So, you know, the first thing I was thinking about is, you know, circa 1998. I mean, why did you change gears back then? Because, I mean, you were in the corporate world, right? You were, you know, we were talking before, like Lifetime, HBO, cable networks, and then uh, pretty good time to be in that business. So what, what happened where you're like, hey, I'm, I'm going to do this other thing? Yeah, well, I'll tell you the truth. Um, I got let I want to know the truth, damn it. I want the truth. I got let I don't go. want your spin. I want the straight dope. Let's go. The straight dope is I, I, I got let go from Fox Sports as hmm. it was consolidating and I was going to continue in capacity as the head of marketing or in the corporate office. They were going to keep me in the regional office, but they took away my ad agency and my, my uh, PR agency and the ability to really be strategic. And I said, you don't really need me. I've got a full staff. And they went, you're right. And I thought, what the heck did I do? I'm a single wage earner. I've got three small kids at home, a nanny and a mortgage. Oh, my God. So I had two weeks with nothing to do. And it was September. Everyone was back to school. The weather was great. I was at the beach every day, and I was miserable. I broke out in psoriasis all over my body. <laughs> Because a man wait, was that, without, wait a minute, you didn't put that in the release. I mean, this is like huge news. You didn't put the psoriasis part. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? The heartbreak of psoriasis. Well, <laughs> a person without a business card is naked and alone. We all need business cards to help with our identity and self-esteem. So anyway, I thought, I can't do this. So I called up Peggy Ziegler at the California Cable TV Association who has produced the Western show. And I said, Peggy, there must be someone who needs help. And she said, oh boy, do I have a client for you. It was a company called iMedia, I-M-E-D-I-A. I remember them, yeah. And, um, and we got on a wild ride. They were the first to do statistical remultiplexing, which comes so easy. I had been a content guy and I learned about statistical remultiplexing. That, my friend, is an achievement. Statistical remultiplexing is the ability to digitize and packetize content information and get more information into each boxcar that goes down the railroad of cable delivery. And you, you still remember all that spin to this day. That's pretty good. I love it. Within three weeks, we made the front page of the Wall Street Journal. Woo-hoo! <laughs> oh, my God. Well, 
All right, so that that's how you got in, right? So you're something new. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it's important for everyone to know is that when life hands you a crisis, when life hands you a disaster, what feels terrible, and you're off the rails, it's actually one of the greatest opportunities for change, and we should be grateful and seize it. We all end up where the universe wants us, and these challenges move us forward. For me. Within five weeks, I had five clients. I helped launch Channel 4 Padres in San Diego, which was a massive accomplishment. If you remember, um, Lindsay Gardner was a was a, um, a, a content lawyer, acquisition lawyer at Cox Cable, and he managed to steal the Padres, San Diego Padres, away from Fox Sports. And as a result, Fox Sports hired him. To All right, they took him later. Yeah. 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 And he was there forever. Okay. Yeah. All right. Exactly. So we're, yeah. So let's go into like lightning mode here. Oh, lightning round. Lightning yeah, round. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. So I want to talk about the, the release you put out just to announce that, hey, you know, we reached this milestone and <laughs> the headline gold turns silver. So, or when gold turns silver. So my question is, uh, how many years did you have that in your back pocket just, just waiting for that day? So you can use it. Never, never. What? You know, we never, we never, we, um, number one, we, you just keep doing what you're doing and keeping on. And like, you know, like a lot of great leaders, I've managed to stay relevant and keep going. Cause I love what I do. I mean, that's a blessing in and of itself, but I will tell you, you and your listeners a secret. My last name is gold. I grew up in silver street in Malvern, and my father's first name was Ruby. Really? So you have a lot of jewels, a lot of precious metals in your background. Very cool. All right. Now, what's changed the most about what you do over the years? Yeah, you know, uh, Bill Daniels taught me an important lesson that if we don't take care of the cable operator, we won't have a business. And that's always been my philosophy. But, you know, the cable industry has gone through a massive consolidation and change. And the result is the cable industry that you and I grew up in was extremely, we were on the wagon train. We had circled the wagon train and outside were broadcasters, movie studios, telephone companies, and everyone else trying to stop the cable industry. Today, the cable industry doesn't have a sole enemy or anyone trying to take us down. We are a given part of the territory. And as such, we just. I don't know. <laughs> Nobody, nobody's after cable. Come on. Yeah, there's just new enemies. They, they just kind of evolve and change. But you're right. I think that over the years, there was always, you know, the cable killer was always uh, made for a good headline. But they, you know, they yeah. seem to survive a lot of things, you know, whether it yeah. was satellite or uh, the DVR or, you know, this or that, or, you know, Akimbo, you know, all these other companies were all going to kill it. Um, But, you know, you kind of forward today, though, it is interesting because, you know, pay TV, uh, you know, it's definitely in, you know, the secular decline is the the, the thing. But, uh, you know, so that that is, you know, that that piece of the business is definitely changing. You still got broadband. They have some issues there but uh yeah i don't know I, I think that there's always you know some something kind of hovering over that you know wants to uh to take take that business away but 
but yeah, you, we've seen quite a few of that. So right. now here's one, and, and maybe we answered one of them, but um, you know, which company that you represented over all this time was the most ahead of its time? You know, we, we talked about Encanta. I mean, uh, but I, I have I have one in mind. But you know, is there is there something else that you're like, hey, this well, is media. Media was great. You know, the reason that was, uh, you know, with Adam Tom and those people was such a fabulous story is John Malone thought that statistical remultiplexing meant we kept our analog cable pipes, you know, our coax cable. We didn't have to upgrade because technology, software technology was going to increase the capacity of the existing cable plant. Well, we found out that's not true. And today everyone is laying fiber. Um, I think that a number of companies were uh, ahead early on with, with what they were doing with, um, uh, with delivery of video, but I'll tell you one that really stands out, and that's Media One. So the folks, that, yes. yeah, the folks okay. at Media One decided to connect the studios and the production companies and post-production companies to a fiber line and call it Media One Connect. It was the first business deployment of fiber that had happened, and it was here in Los Angeles. And, I, and uh, we had AP uh, wanting to do an interview in, with the CEO of Media One, who came out of, you, what was that cable? Uh, the phone company? Uh, U.S. West? U.S. West. Yeah. Uh, Charles, I'm forgetting your name. And he said to me, why the fuck are we doing this? The CEO of the company was like, why are we doing, why are we laying fiber to connect studios? That is ridiculous. I don't get it. And he was asking you this. Yeah. He said that to me, like, why the hell would I do it? I'm not going to talk to AP about this. Oh, dear. It's like, I don't even know how to even answer the question. I'll, go, I'll put you in a tough spot. Well, my answer, you know, I was trying to think, you know, some of the companies that you represent over the years. Yeah. I was thinking of like Clearband, which... Yeah. And uh, like an Encanta was in yeah. that space of, of of providing video delivery over internet. They were doing like the full like linear TV lineup with a guide. And at that point there were no apps and streaming devices. It, it was all like on the browser. Yeah. And at the time everyone was like, who wants to do that? You know, it was kind of yeah. the, uh, the attitude. Um, Jim, you know, Jim and now Powell. it's on all sorts of devices and, yeah. With linear and on demand and so forth, they, they they seem to me like way ahead of their time, yeah. to the point where once again no one could understand the use case as much, and then it just exploded, you know, and TV everywhere and all that started to occur. Jim Faust was the head of that company. He had been the president and CEO of Zenith. He had worked with some of the greatest leaders um, in our country and was truly understood the business of what needed to happen, but getting a group of people to contagiously adopt a way of thinking didn't happen in those yeah. years. And yeah. that's another company that went down. I liked, you know, writing about that back in the day, because, um, you know, you kind of look back at a lot of companies that had really good ideas. It just, you know, just the, the market and the timing, you know, and, and the rights and, you know, all the other, not just the technology, but yeah, kind of the, 
uh, the way the business model needed to evolve just a little bit early. Right. So then the other one, you know, we don't name names if you want to, but I was thinking like, what was like the biggest media screw up that you remember? Mm-hmm. I'll give you mine. Cause the one that okay. involved me, because I don't necessarily want you to throw somebody under the bus, but you know, throw away if, if you need to. But I remember it was like 1998 or 99. And, you know, to this day, I don't know, there was a lot of uh, the way that theft occurred on cable TV was the set tops. Right. And, yeah. had, and I remember you did a briefing. It was with media one, I think. Yes, and, yes. and that was a cable fax. And you guys were telling me the story about, you know, the sting and, and this guy is going to get nailed for selling illegal oh. set top boxes. And then somewhere in the whole situation, I didn't realize somehow that this was like an embargoed announcement for a certain date. So what do I do? I, I throw the story together. It's in the like cable facts the next day. And, you know, the sting was not to occur for like a day or two after that. And of course the guy who was the target of the sting caught wind <laughs> of the story and uh, somehow disappeared. Um, and uh, that was a pretty big screw up on my part. And, wow. and to be honest, the media one people were very, understanding about it but i imagine like privately like what the hell happened what is with this idiot how did he he screwed it all up (laughs) well who would think that anyone in the space would be reading cable facts how crazy is that right no but you're right it was like it was kind of a shock that he, uh, Fred, I don't know, because we had a name and everything. So, you know, those were, days, those were the days when, for a great media uh, photo shoot, we would get a, a um, what were the, what are the, what are the big machines that flatten the asphalt on the roadway when they're laying the road, you know, with the great big, drums and we would lay all the confiscated set-top box on the road and this huge steamroller steamroller would come over and steamroll over all the set-tops and destroy them it was great video for television Mm. yeah now next question what what was the um the biggest hail mary you've completed like a i'm talking like a client that you landed that you look back now and say damn how do we pull that one off you know adelphia stands out on that side wait this Uh, is adelphia after they got in trouble yeah so adelphia after they had been uh indicted on wire fraud uh and a couple of other charges and did a rate increase all in the same month and uh, the regas family was really imperiled adelphia had fallen from golden child to nobody you know to to something that someone with leprosy. So my wife, Marcia, told me when we went to the meeting, she said, wear an orange jumpsuit so you can make the executives feel more comfortable. <laughs> oh, God. Did you do that? Did you follow her advice? No, I didn't. And, and my executive director who went to the meeting with me, sat as we waited in the conference room, said, Bob, do we even want this company as a client? It's such a mess. And I was like, are you kidding me? This is the opportunity to remake and improve everything from here where our work isn't just iterative, 
but really additive to changing the perception of a company. And, and the truth was, when Adelphia was finally sold and broken up to Comcast and Time Warner, Time Warner took out off the, uh, over the LA operations, and folks at the new Time Warner said, we want our old Adelphia back. And that was success in my eyes. Yep. Well, they did. They did pull it out um, after all that, that crazy time. All right. Yeah. We're going to move to some of the stuff that you wanted to do. So just real quick, you know, you wanted to, you know, like the best celebrity that you ever worked with. Well, you know, hands down, again, coming back to the wonderful Maggie Belleville, who was CEO of Charter, I wanted to work with Charter in the worst way. And I had all these plans and ideas, and Maggie wasn't interested in any of that. And she said, you know, we're getting calls from Dan Aykroyd, and we don't know how to talk to him. As a customer? What? As a customer he was calling? He was calling the CEO and COO of Charter. Okay. And they weren't taking his calls. They were ignoring Dan Aykroyd's calls because they didn't know how to talk to him. And I said, oh, I can do that. You know, I, I handled the Academy Awards for two years as the account executive for the agency that represented it. And um, anyway, the I, I know lots of celebrities. So we I called him up and I said, Dan, Bob Gold calling me back from Charter. What's up? He goes, you know, I'm really good friends with Paul Allen. I play music with him. He's so much fun to hang with. I'd really like to do something to help charter. And I said, oh, well, you know, they they're just launching on demand. Jeff, what was the name of the original company that had this huge machine and they fed three quarter one inch tape decks into it and they would ship these videotapes to each cable operator to feed in the machine. Diva? What was that? Diva? Diva? Diva, Diva, that was the beginning of technology. I was wondering I was making it wrong. Okay, I'm glad I got it right. <laughs> yeah, so Diva would send these tapes. Bicycle, like, yeah. And, and that's how On Demand was. Something. I said, it's really brand new at cable, and I think, like everything else, what we really need is original programming. He says, well, I'm doing a concert in Ottawa, Canada with my buddy Jim Belushi, kind of a Blues Brothers kind of thing. And um, and I want to really make this happen. And and I said, well, why don't we film it and make it the first exclusive original programming at Charter? And um, that was fabulous. Did it actually happen? Yeah. Yeah. We went to uh, we hired um, uh, Rogers Intercable to uh, to be able to to videotape it um it was in a rainstorm a sudden rainstorm and all of the lights that we had set up to be able to have enough light to get the whole stage had to be shut down because it was an outdoor park amphitheater and the um and people sitting in the lawn would have been electrocuted yeah it's like you know like you have an electrifying show tonight that's not what they would mean yes yeah exactly you know uh and people in ottawa don't leave just because it rains so the show went on we continued doing it it was a great experience the one thing that was bad is we didn't review the song list we got the rights for all oh. the music but 
We wanted to offer it in on you know in demand and to all operators. Yeah. We wanted to offer right. it on satellite. Different distribution, yeah. But the cost of the music rights exceeded what we could possibly sell the show for. And so the show only existed on charter. But we ended up having a great relationship with Dan and um, we decided to do some commercials and I got to hire uh, John Landis, the director of Blues Brothers and so many other wonderful, wonderful films to direct Dan Aykroyd in a series of commercials for, for Dan. All right. Well, okay. Now we only have a couple more. So okay. most infuri infuriating organization. You, you, you wanted to bring something up about that. Yeah. I'm just going to say it. So Amazon, Amazon prime, uh, the Amazon prime studios at the time was horrible. They, they, we were representing a show called hand of God with, uh, Ron Perlman and Dana Delaney and the, the um, they in the middle of shooting, they told the media they were not going to renew the show for after its second season, and they didn't tell the showrunner or the stars. You don't do it that way. You tell the stars and the showrunner before you tell the media and let these stars have egg on their face that they're part of a loser production. So. <laughs> Uh, I was like, okay, game over. We don't have to do anything. I mean, we had a whole plan going into the Television Critics Association, summer meeting and all that. Well, everything, I said, just let's, this is dropping. They said, Amazon said, no, you must continue. We made a commitment that we would promote this show. We're going to be stand by our word. Bring us the interviews. And we had to go out and bring interviews that, that the executives at Amazon would take to the stars who would then determine whether or not they would do them. Well, whether it was television or major print or anything else, you know, Dana and Ron just had like, oh, I'd love to do that, but I'm really busy that day. I can't do it. Oh, I can't bummer. do it that week. I don't know when. Oh. It was really passive aggressive. It was horrible. Oh. Now, how long ago was this, though? Oh, uh, six, seven years ago, something okay. like that. Yeah, that they've had to come a long, yeah, they've had to come a long way yeah. with the way they – navigate uh and they have Hollywood. yeah yeah they definitely yeah. it seems like they have a a better fix on uh you know how to uh proceed interesting yeah, and then yeah. uh let's see quick quick one biggest gain among your your clients biggest gain yeah uh well you know uh i would have to say most recently that would be the nctc we just rebranded uh, NCTC with their new logo, their new mission statement, mantra, and everything else. And we took this somewhat sleepy organization uh, under Lou Borelli to come back and emerge on the spotlight with engagement for more members and really engagement for more um, cable industry uh, associations. They are now a full-fledged member of who is shaping the industry. And that's the biggest game. All right. Great. Last one. Um, your proudest moment in the industry. Oh, gosh. My proudest moment. That I've had so many proud moments. You know, um, we when we represented BN Sports, uh, we got a request from a top writer at Sports Illustrated that wanted to put BN Sports on the cover of Sports Illustrated. 
and the company decided, but the reporter had to go to Qatar, you know, in the Middle East and really be able to interview the royal family that had invested in it and go to a local soccer match. And the company was concerned that women in burqas would be in the stands and that would look terrible in the U.S. And so that story never happened. You know, you bring you bring a gift on a golden platter <laughs> and for the craziest reasons, it gets shut down. Just so. got turned over. Dang. All right. Well, great. Well, I know we couldn't cover a full 25 years, but it was fun to just kind of uh, pop in and out, you know, of certain aspects of your career and what, what you've been doing. So I think that's where we're going to leave this one. So, Bob, thanks again for your time and and the chance to reminisce a bit about the industry and you know, see what's next. So. That's right. Well, let's go over another 25 years. We've both been in the industry a long time, and it's been fabulous. Oh, I better be retired by then. I don't know about you. <laughs> <laughs> Just wheel me in. Yeah, I have exactly. a in the attic that's getting old, so I don't have to. Oh, there you go. Well, yeah. keep that. All right. Thanks, Bob. You take care.